Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now let's get wild. Hello, welcome, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast. This is episode number 36, Top Shelf Deer Knowledge. Today, I'm joined by Matt Ross, who is a certified wildlife biologist and the assistant director of conservation for the QDMA. He has been with the QDMA since 2006, and most recently he's been working with the Deer Steward classes. In episode number 30, if you remember, I gave a brief intro to the Deer Steward 1 course that you can take online. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back, listen to it now. So you have a little understanding about this next step in learning. Today, Matt and I are going to talk about the in-person Deer Steward 2 course and also the in-person modules that are available through the QDMA. I am a Deer Steward 1 graduate uh, two times now because uh, I retook the course after uh, some new information was added uh, and to take the course at the same time as my father so that we could talk about those things and I would have it fresh in my mind. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the Deer Steward 2 class, uh, which is different. Uh, but can you first tell everyone, okay, you got this knowledge from Deer Steward 1, but why would it be necessary for them to take a Deer Steward 2 class? Well, sure. I mean, the, the Deer Steward 2 class, um, by its design, is a hands-on, in-person application of what we taught in Level 1 and then some. Um, so for, I guess, for the listener that's uh, that knows about QDMA and may have heard about Deer Steward, the Deer Steward program is going into its 13th year, and we designed 1 and 2, Level 1 and 2, to go together. Um, with the with the hope, the dream, and the goal, really, for anybody that takes it and goes through it, whether you have a background in natural resource management or zero, um, that person would be able to go and take the techniques that they learned from the program and apply them and actually go and manage property, whether you own it or you lease it or you have permission to hunt on it and you don't even own it to start making decisions like somebody that has a degree in forestry or wildlife would would, would do um you know i actually prior to working for qdma jason i were i was a private consultant and uh i i didn't own the company but the company that i worked for we were hired all the time that's what my day job was was to go to a property um, sometimes it was an organization or a town and provide advice and say here are the things that you should do sometimes that was in a written format to give them a management plan and that costs money. And, and it's a great way to get site-specific advice is to hire somebody. But, you know, 13, well, almost, you know, the program's 13 years old, but 15 or so years ago, we, we still today get these questions. How do, how do I manage my property? How can I make things better for me? And we said, how can we deliver that information in a faster, more user-friendly way than trying to type an email out? We don't have a huge staff, you know. So the Deer Steward program was born. And it was made to go through these different steps. Level one, you watch, uh, you know, presentations. Of, you know, today we, we do that 100% online. And you, you have 17 hours of 
you know, it's a fire hose of information coming at you about deer management, the history of deer management, all the way down to site specific things on how to manage different parts of your property, how to collect data, those types of things. But as you and I both know, Jason, watching a video on YouTube or sitting in a room and giving, having somebody give a presentation does not replace personal experience, right? So there's got to be hands-on element to it. So the level two classes, for those that want to go past that, you don't have to, but if you want to get the information from level one and try it on your own, you can. If you want to go past that, we do these in-person classes and we limit the attendance and we, we host them around the country. We, we today do about one a year. Um, we used to do about two or three a year, but we're, we're just trying to try to pl- take a place where we have a pretty good membership base where we haven't been before and host a destination level two that people can sign up and attend. It's like a whole weekend and you get you get your hands on some of those things and you're doing it with us right there. You know, our, our key staff that teach these things. And by the end of the weekend, you know, you really should be able to go after doing level one online and come to one of our level two classes and go home and write yourself a management plan, make decisions and be like, you know what? I know exactly how many deer we need to shoot in the next year or two. Um, I know how to tell that. Um, I know how to tell if there's too many deer, if there's not enough deer. I know how to like analyze the data, all that stuff. So it's a it's a community that's built over time. But that's what the level two experience is. And we're holding one one level two class this year. Yeah, I, I can definitely concur that the level one class is, like you said, a fire hose of information and trying to figure out, OK, you know, here's all the information. Uh, and then, you know, how do I apply it to our personal property? You know, th- there's a little bit of a, a disconnect there and you're not sure, like, I think this is what I'm supposed to do, but is it really the right thing to do? Am I doing the, you know, maybe it's a camera survey or whatever it is I'm doing to try to judge mm-hmm. how many animals are around? Like, am I really doing it right? Um, you know, I think I should do this in this area, but is that really the best way to do it? So um, I think being able to sort of see things being done or that have been done and, and getting that sort of personal touch to it uh, as far as, you know, actually being able to ask the questions that you want. Uh, to an act, you know, an actual person, I think would yeah. definitely help big time. Oh yeah, it does. I mean, you get a instead of a a one-off experience. You know, you're there for a whole weekend. Some people bring maps of their properties in the breaks um, or at meals. Sit down with some of the speakers and ask different things. Ask other attendees because mostly, you know, the other people are there for the same reason. You could there's no reason you can't bounce ideas off of them. But it, it ends up being a, um, you know, we've actually heard people say it's kind of a life-changing experience and and uh, I, i'm glad to hear that we we put thousands of people through the classes uh, the way i typically do, you know that 30 second you know elevator uh pitch on what is deer seward uh i've been asked to give that before so if you're wondering right now and still not sure in my mind it's the diy version of getting property consulting you know like consultants are great and if you want somebody to come and give you site-specific advice, I would encourage somebody to reach out for that. But it can be expensive. You know, it's it, it's an expensive endeavor to do that. For somebody that has that DIY personality, wants to do it themselves, this is a uh, considered, um, efficient, less expensive way to do that. But, you know, short of having somebody come and walk around your property, 
this is you learning about it and then trying different techniques and applying it and, and all of that. So that, that it was, it was built to fit a niche or basically a need, I should say. And today we even get questions today, um, frequently. And I, I point people to the deer steward program for those that want to try to learn themselves. We have other programs that are, are built that are serve other, th- other needs. Um, but, you know, for somebody that really wants to learn and, and try it on their own, I say, dear stewards, for you, you, just take the online course. It's it's relatively inexpensive. You can do it on your own time. Um, you went through it. You said twice, and I knew you had. Your dad went through it. It's something that you can watch over and over again. You don't have access to it in perpetuity, but you know, you get about six months of time that you can watch the videos over and over and over again, and. Uh, get from that and it'll probably give you a taste for something else and, and potentially maybe attend a level two in the future. And the great thing about level one being online is you can take it and you're a level one grad. You don't have to like update or renew or anything. And the next time a level two comes within, you know, where, where you would like to go or you have the time to go, uh, it comes near you, you wait, it could take a year or a couple of years and you just watch the, the schedule when it comes out and say, all right, well, shoot, that one's like, you know, in my state or the next state over, uh, I'm going to take a weekend and go to that. It sounds great, you know. Yeah, it, going back to that sort of DIY aspect of it and having that personality, I think a big part for someone like me uh, and my father is, you know, one of the reasons why we do this work on our properties to feel a little more connection to the wildlife that use the property and the fact that we're actually hunting on it. Um, so to, you know, having someone else come in and, and do it, yeah, would we see results faster? Probably. Uh, but it's not going to feel the same to us if we have someone else tell us what to do as if we just sort of figure it out on our own. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. mentioned, and part of it that you mentioned is that, you know, the nice thing with, with the level one course is that you take it and then you just, you can wait until this course comes sort of close enough to where you feel like you can make that the effort to get there for a weekend um so where is the course offered this year so this year we're hosting a level two class Uh, it's may 8th to the 11th in union springs alabama it's kind of the southeastern corner of alabama um spent some time since we've been down in that part of the south uh last year we held a level two class in uh, drawing a blank here. I think it was Pennsylvania last year. So we try to move like a north-south uh, venture every couple of years, but it'll be in Alabama this year in May. So I, just out of curiosity, I have to ask, like, what goes into selecting a property to host a course? What what are people proposing their properties to you? Are you actively seeking them? Like. What makes you? What makes QDMA say, yeah, that's where that's a good spot for us to host this? Yeah, that's a great question. There's there's quite a few elements involved, um, and we do have people that propose and say, hey, come come to our place, and I, I try to vet them and decide, uh, you know, where would be a good place. I'm usually a couple of years out, um, a good at least one year to two years out, of deciding where things are. And I misspoke. Actually, this past year was in Ohio right near the West Virginia kind of PA line. Um, that was in 2019, 2020 here. We're going to be in Alabama. So, I, you know, I try to move around. But what I consider is a um, couple different things. When's the last time we were in that general part of the country within like a two or three state radius? Um, 
what's our membership base in that area, you know, for branches and, and actual QDMA members. Although that's not as as vital as it was in the first couple of years that we started doing this, uh, because the level one class is online, people can take it, you know, as a preparation to take level two. You know, you can just say, oh, man, one of those is coming up in my area. I'm just going to take a level one to get it out of the way. Um, you become a member with that, and then all of a sudden you're you're a member. But I try to consider where our volunteers are um, to give to bring that service to them because we have you know nearly sixty thousand members, and I want to make sure we're providing that service to them. Um, proximity to some major travel routes, you know, airports, interstates, those kinds of things. So if there's a property that's ideal and it has the great composition and learning environment, but it's three hours from the nearest um, closest you know, airport or even more for, you know, four hours, that that starts making things a little bit more difficult because believe it or not, these in-person classes, we cap them at 50, we typically sell out. And I generally, I track it over time. We generally have at least a dozen to 15 states represented out of those 50 people. So, you know, we might have a third of the 50 be from that state or nearby but about half to two thirds are generally out of staters and they're traveling to come take the class. So most people do try to take it when they're near us, near them. But a lot of them do just pay attention to the dates and say, you know what, that works for me. I'm going to make a, a trip out of it with like you, you know, my dad or my spouse will come with me and either the spouse will attend or go do something during the day while we're in the class. But well, a lot of folks do travel. So I try to make that convenient. And then the property has to have, both a facility for indoor learning and outdoor. You know, we have some stuff that is up on a screen, so we need to have a place to put 50 folks in a classroom-style setting that they can learn uh, in a good temperature-controlled environment. A place has to have equipment, has to have a history of management so that we can go around and look at things that have been done, um, either in the short term or long term, you know, to look at different treatments of, you know, a couple years ago we did this here, um, this past year, we did that here and just see how the property responds. And then some places that are untreated that may not have been touched to say, um, what would happen if you did something here? It has to have a good road system, uh, a good way to get around if it's large enough so that we can move people around to different stations. Um, so I have a checklist and I typically try to go through that and see how many boxes I check off. And uh, it also has to, in the in the history of the class, I try to bring it to a place that's got some desirable, um, attractive quality. Sometimes we work with celebrities, like the hunting celebrity types, um, people that are celebrities that are not going to those properties like Jeff Foxworthy or Tony Stewart from NASCAR. Um, we've done stuff with hunting celebrities like Harlan Bowhunter and the Lakoskis and Bill Winkie and others, um, but they don't always go there. I mean, that's that's routinely I don't go to places like that, but sometimes we try to tie it together to something like that to entice folks to come. Um, but there's no like silver bullet. I, I just try to make things work for the best in terms of the system of uh, how we do it. So um, this year will be in Alabama. I'm excited about it. We're hosting it at uh, Great Southern Outdoors, which is actually an outfitting uh, place, but one of my colleagues actually works there part-time which gave me the connection but they have a lodge they have a cafeteria they have you know rooms to stay right there on site history of deer and quail management um 
and turkey management. They, they do all kinds of stuff there on site. The Management Advantage, which is one of QDMA's longtime conservation partners, um, is right near there. So we're going to have a special appearance by some of the folks on the Management Advantage to tie that in. So, you know, a lot of boxes being checked for this year. And I'm excited about it. It's going to be a good one. I was very disappointed in 2019. Uh, where it was hosted was actually only maybe two hours from my house, but unfortunately I couldn't make the dates line up. Uh, my wife wouldn't let me get out of a prior commitment to be able to do that. So I'll be waiting very patiently for uh, the more Northeastern one to come back so that I can take this course. And with that course, I have to ask you, how much does it cost to register for Deer Steward 2? So the, well, I before I say Deer Steward 2 prices, I'll tell you, the first times in 13 years we've actually gone under or undergoing a price increase this year. So okay. we've we've had this class for 13 years, level ones, level twos, all that stuff. And, and actually, there's a uh, Jason. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you we have a, a a module series, which is basically we take one topic. So instead of the whole gamut of QDM, where you're talking about data analysis and uh, habitat stuff and hunter management and all those things. We usually just take one component and drill deep on that. And actually, we do have a habitat module, which is a shorter version, less expensive version of Deer Steward, but just talking about habitat in Pennsylvania this year. Oh, so you should look oh, at where that interest. is. Okay. Uh, so that that is another opportunity. But yeah, so for first time in 13 years, we're, we uh, we are increasing the prices. So the prices I'll tell tell the listeners if they've taken it before, they're going to notice an increase. Uh, it was just, it was about time for us to do it. And, uh, we, I, I, I didn't want to do it. And I certainly felt on, you know, I was kind of resistant. In fact, last year, uh, we, we were in thinking about increasing the prices and I said, you know what, let's just put a note out for a whole year saying next year, 2020, the prices are going up so people could plan for it. And here we are, we're, we're undergoing it. The level, I'm going to tell you, you asked about level two, but level one class is the online version. If you're not a member, that that is seeing a price increase as well. It's 250 bucks to take it, and it's like I said, 17 hours of video. If you are a member, it's 200. Um, so that's that's what the price is. But if you sign up, I know uh, folks are listening to this today in early February. If you find sign up for the level one class between now and March 1st, you can still capitalize on the old price structure. So that's about $50 less. So I would encourage anybody that's interested in take a level one. Um, if you want to save yourself 50 bucks, I'd do it in the next 30 days because that's when the, the price increase is happening for, for that. Um, so that would be 250 if you're not a member and, and uh, 200 if you are a QDMA member and the non-member price gets a QDMA membership. The level two classes are $1,000. And again, this includes basically four days of instruction, meals. It doesn't include travel. You got to get yourself there. Um, doesn't include lodging, but we reserve a very inexpensive version. Like, for example, you could stay right on site with us at $50 a night, so very inexpensive. Um, so that you have to kind of add into it, but it's $1,000 if you're not a member. It's $950 if you are a QDMA member um, to take the Deer Steward 2 class. But we feed you. We teach you. It's a Friday to a Monday. You know, it's all-encompassing, and that price, um, that registration actually just opened. 
Um, and if you sign up between now and again, March 1st, to save a little bit of money, we have an early bird discount going on uh, between now and March 1st, and you save 50 bucks. So if you're a QDMA member, it'd be 900 uh, or 950 if you're not a member. So not not a huge savings, but certainly was something worth noting if you're planning on going to it. So that's what the prices are. And I, as I said, registration just opened. We typically do. We can't sell out a level one because it's online. Um, but if you want to save yourself some money, I would I would uh, register for that in the next couple of weeks. Um, for the level two class, it'll sell out. It's hard to tell how quickly it will, but I can the last three or four years we've sold out every year. And uh, my guess is it's going to take a couple of weeks, probably in the next month, month and a half, it would be sold out. But we'll see. Um, so that level two class is uh, is a 50 person cap. Nice. Uh, how you mentioned how, sort of shuffling people around to different stations. Is that like one big group, all 50 people going to those different stations, like to each station, or do you separate people out and have different instructors at different stations? We we typically keep everybody together, but um, we tried a couple different models. Um, we used to have it uh, in the early couple of years where we actually had con what they call concurrent sessions where we were moving people around. So you would have a group of about 25 in a group and have two, two groups, group A and B, and they would just kind of rotate through, um, it over doing that for a couple of years. I mean, we've tested different models of different things. It ended up feeling like the people did not get a cohesive experience, uh, because, in one way, shape, or form, somebody would ask a question and the speaker would go in one direction. It's not like it's a recording, right? So right. all of a sudden you, you chase a rabbit in one direction and then half the class doesn't get the same experience. So we we would never go over 50 um, people because I don't want the experience to be, um, you know, you see other other um, similar events. There's really nothing else out there like Dear Stewart, but there are other kind of events that might be weekend type things where you might have 100 or 200 people sitting there. I would never do that. I don't think it's worth uh, that type of experience to pay that kind of money. We want people to feel like they're being listened to and they have the ability to ask questions. So that cap is a very sincere thing that we, we really want it to be as close to, you know, as, it's not one-on-one, -on -one, but we usually have five or six speakers there. So it's, you know, there's about a speaker for every eight to 10 people. And uh, everybody gets a chance to ask questions. There's plenty of that time. Um, so I'm very aware, especially, you know, it's not like I make a huge salary of work for a nonprofit. I, I know how much money that goes, you know, how much money that is. And I don't want people to feel like they're getting uh, an experience that's not worth the value. And uh, my awareness of that, I think, helps because we always get very good reviews. I mean, you can ask anybody that's taken an in-person Dear Steward class if it was worth the money to them. And um, for the most part, I've never heard anybody say anything other than it was. So um, yeah, that's, that, that is something we do. And so everybody stays together in one group, but we make sure the schedule is certainly um, built so that you can have an opportunity to ask questions, that you have an opportunity to sit down with us. You have all of that in, in time the schedule. It sounds to me like obviously you're going to get a lot of beneficial information from the instructors, from you know the actual course itself, but the time spent with just other like-minded people, I feel like that would be uh, something that a lot of people would really sort of cherish and relish that opportunity to, to talk to other people like themselves. 
Oh, that's definitely part of it. We actually do something um, where I, I legally I cannot provide the people's contact information to even other people in the room. Uh, you know, it, it, we protect our members' contact information very closely. It's, we don't sell, you know, membership information or anything like that. So I, I actually will pass around on day one and then again on the last day of the class a contact list and say, you got to give me permission to share your contact information. Usually um, I get 100% of the people that say yes, but some people don't want to. Um, and then after the class is over, um, I send out a, a contact sheet of everybody that was in the class because a lot of times conversations pick up over the weekend and people want to stay in touch. You know, there's friendships formed. I even seen people get jobs. Um, you know, some young guy, we'd give out some scholarships to take it. Um, young guy or gal that might take it, they get a scholarship or even in one case, a, a guy that was working. Um, we do have some folks that are professional property managers that take it. Either the the owner they work for will send them. We get some, like I, I used to consult, we get consultants to take it because we offer continuing education credits with the class. So some people to keep their forestry or, or wildlife license active, they come and take the class. Um, some foresters actually take it so they can learn some deer specific um, information so they can add that type of service to their repertoire of services that they provide clients. So we do have, you know, a small percentage of the attendees are natural resource professionals. Um, but I've seen people get jobs. In one case, one guy was a, a farm manager for somebody and he ended up leaving that job and he met somebody else that was there and uh, got a job through that. So anyway, that the connections that are built are strong. Um, you might, if you attended, meet somebody in another part of this, the country and you guys could swap hunts or swap hunting stories or something in between. You know, there, there's a lot of shared information. Anybody that comes to our um, end of the year event um, or, you know, when we have conventions or whitetail weekends, we, we definitely um, make sure that people that are in Deer Steward family, we feel like it's a extended family, feel like they can find each other and we'll, we'll give folks these little tags to say, I attended the Deer Steward class and they, they seek each other out. It's great. Well, Matt, is there anything that we missed that we should be talking about in regards to these courses that QDMA offers? I think the big, the big thing here uh, for the Deer Steward program is that it's a comprehensive program. It, it involves online and in-person options there are, I alluded to the modules, there's online modules, there's in-person modules, that's if you want to pick one topic and learn more. Things as inexpensive as $20 that are online modules are these little classes that you can take. So an inexpensive version of learning something, all the way up to, yes, the $1,000 version of coming to an in-person class for four days and learning from somebody that's an expert, you know, face-to-face. -face. I think we have something for everybody. I'd encourage folks to go to the QDMA website under the conserve menu. Um, there's a link called Dear Steward, and you'll see all the different options there. Um, if you feel like learning a little bit more about deer and deer management, uh, QDMA is the place to find it. Awesome, Matt. Thank you for coming on and, and talking about this. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. I, I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, hope to see you at an, at an in-person class coming up sometime soon. Oh, you will. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to Matt today. As he said, the registration for that in-person Deer Steward 2 course in Alabama this year, it's open right now. 
make sure you get registered before that class fills up. Also, get registered for that in-person module if you'd prefer to go to that instead for that habitat enhancement module. Get registered for that before all the spots fill up there. This year it's going to be in Mahaffrey, PA, and it's going to be held in August. I'm going to be there. So you might get to meet me a little bit. I might get to meet you. We can become great friends. I want you to join me next week as I recap my trip to the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. But until then, stay wild. Mm-hmm.